Is this going to be the beginning of the episode, just us talking about sparkling water? Are we going to leave this at the beginning? I, I, we probably won't leave it, and I'll probably cut it out, honestly. <laughs> well, see, we say that, but then we could leave it in. I might use it as the tag. And then, like, uh, the the listeners will be like, oh, this is, like, behind-the-scenes stuff. This is, like, the stuff that they would cut out, but, like, they leave in. And they'll be like, it's more real. It's more honest. And they'll, like, get a little dopamine hit, and they'll be like, I need to listen to all of these, because... I'm an insider. I know what's really going on here. I'm not a songwriter. I guess that's okay. But the intro is sucky. Or so they all say. David, this one is for you. Because writing a song was easier to do. But if you hate this one too, I might just cry. Cause these three chords took me hours to write. Okay, next time I'm probably just gonna do whatever it was you suggested. I don't have to go back and look at what that was. This sucks. Okay, well, uh, podcast. Welcome back, <laughs> all of our insiders. This is a huh? very special bonus episode. About sparkling water. We're talking all about sparkling water. Um, <laughs> no, no, but we are talking about the Umbrella Academy because I binged the second season last week, and then I just I just needed someone to rant to. I have written pages of notes. Oh um, wow! Wow, this is going to be like structured. Um, oh no, these were, notes are not structured. I, for a second, I was scared. I was like, I'm not professional enough for this. <laughs> no, 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 no. I figured we'd we'd start um, by just talking about, in general, the season and our thoughts on it, um, and then go into spoiler territory. Okay. So, okay, I'll start. Not as good as the first season, right off the bat, in my opinion. 100%. I don't think it was bad. No. It wasn't at all bad. Um, in fact, it was quite good. If this had been, I mean, story-wise, it obviously doesn't work to be the first season, but if it had been the first season, I'd have said, oh, that was really good. I'll watch the next season. Yeah, I think it still had something about it that made it special, um, and that that's something that confuses me because I did feel like the first season there was something to it that was like, I can see where this is going, but I don't think they're going to do that because that just seems so crazy. And then they would do it and it'd be like, what? They went th that far. <laughs> and then this season it was like, I knew where they were going. And then they did the thing I was expecting. And it wasn't all that crazy because I was expecting it to be crazy. And so it, it, it didn't have that. And yet it's still caught me it still hooked me to the point where i was like i just need to see the next episode yeah um it's i think it's basically just the height of bingeable tv absolutely they know it's going to be released all at once and they make it so like where you just have to like see immediately what happens next it's like a long movie yeah, yeah, it really is a long movie. 
I, it's um, it's really hard to talk about it without spoilers. So let's just put a spoiler warning here. Spoiler warning for season one and two, and then just talk about it. Yeah, I was just gonna say right off the bat, Diego so much better this season. He was a little bitch last season. Yeah, Diego first season not good. This season though, much cooler. He actually did something of importance. He went and he got like the stuff from the commission. Yeah, yeah, he. Although, honestly, he wasn't the one doing that. It was just kind of happening to him, but it was better writing on their part. They, like, utilized his character better. Yeah. Although, in general, the first season is better written because they utilize all of the different elements of each character more fully. Oh, yeah, for sure. And um, this season, they... almost completely avoided time travel stuff aside from the setting it was a very like straightforward story until the last episode really like the last one or two we're we're gonna talk about the time travel stuff um because they they play very fast and loose with the time travel and kind of just ignore it um and in season one you know, there was a lot of time travel, obviously, because that's what the commission does. But it was very consistent about, like, things that could change history are then stopped. People who could change history are stopped before they change it. Whereas this season, we somehow learned more about the commission and yet less i feel yeah like i'm less sure than ever i know what they are supposed to do (laughs) like i just i don't know what their job is oh and there's something where it seemed like they were going to explain more of it where they had the whole training video i was like oh this is going to be great but then he didn't even watch it yeah he he didn't watch the training video i was sad I was like, oh, this could be a really cool, like, funny, stylized bit that they have right here. But then they just cut away. It it seemed to me like they don't want to explain how time travel works in the world of the, the universe that they've made. Because when you explain how time travel works, you back yourself into a corner right where where you have to always abide by the rules that you've set in the universe that you're in. And Avengers Endgame tried to to do that by explaining the rules of time travel as different from the pop culture rules of time travel, right? By having Tony be like, that's not how time travel works. But then, inevitably, they messed it up by having it work that way later. Yeah, they... <laughs> so I think what they were trying to do is purposefully ignore, like, purposefully just leave out any sort of explanation as to what was happening... But by doing so, they didn't explicitly give us any rules, but they did talk about it enough that you can imply rules. And I am so lost. Well, they did have the whole thing about when you're next to yourself, what happens. They gave the rules for that. (laughs) That episode, I hated so much. Just the parts with five and five. I liked old five, actually. I like the actor who played old five. I really hated the writing for that. 
I liked old five much better than young five. I, I don't know. I feel like the character who plays young five has been with the character longer enough that they, they really know, like he knows what his character would do. Yeah. But it comes to the thing of like, I don't necessarily like that character as much as the one that the new guy was playing. And I mean, that's fair. I I really don't like that because I felt like it boiled down to just a giant fart joke. Like I saw it coming and I was like, no, 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 please. That always happens when there's a a time paradox. Can't talk to your past self or whatever. I, I can't stand it. I just, I can't, I can't. It bothers me. Uh, I think that that just shouldn't be a thing in time travel stories because it would be so cool if you're just going back and telling your past self stuff. That'd be a fun dynamic to work into a story. I I think people feel like it then causes like a circular story, right? But but that it, in reality it would it would call it, it would cause a time paradox, and by doing that you have created a paradox that has no beginning and no end why don't we create a new a new uh chain of events right but if you don't go back and tell yourself in the past then you wouldn't have told yourself in the past in that timeline so if you want your timeline to stay intact you have to go back and tell yourself in the past because you were told by well, yourself in the future. I'd say that the person the who goes back in the first place ceases to be, and then it's from that point the the new person who has been told by that person who ceased to be. Okay, that's that's a totally different time travel. There's so many different ways of doing time travel. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. So... I did have a lot of questions about their version of time travel, though. Let's see. I will say, I really did like that this season kind of... I liked the way they handled Vanya. I thought they were going to just have everyone be kids at the beginning of the season. So that oh, was no. a little bit confusing. And I was like, why would they do that? That's going to be terrible. <laughs> but then I did like the way they handled, handled Vanya's storyline with her just losing her memory that felt very it felt like a clean way to deal with that because yeah, if she I, had remembered everything she wouldn't have just gone back to okay with all of her family but by giving her that time where she didn't remember them to get to know them better before she has all those memories come back it feels more reasonable that she would accept some of the responsibility for what happened yeah yeah, especially because, yeah, like what you're saying, it gives her the time to see like how much these people actually do care about her without like the preconceived um, things that are put upon her from like the past experience. Especially with Ben. Ben, stand out this season. Ben was great. Yeah, 
I feel like in season one, the dynamic between Klaus and Ben was like really fun. And I really liked it. And I was like, oh, I hope they play with that more. But then in season two, it felt like they just made Klaus a big dick. <laughs> like he's just yeah. so mean to Ben. He tells everyone that Ben's not there. And it's like, okay, why? Why did you bother? Yeah, they kind of made Klaus worse than the first season. They kind of, they, they reversed his, his arc. Like season one, he's like a, a drug addict, alcoholic, and he goes through like his stint in Vietnam or whatever, and then comes back and is like changed. Right. And it feels like they mm-hmm. just kind of threw him into the sixties and was like, okay, but no more. You're, you're now straight edge, but like. You didn't learn anything at all, apparently. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't get it. Also, I feel like there was that conversation in season one where Klaus is talking to Reginald Hargreaves in heaven, right? Yeah, in that weird episode that was pretty good. but like weird. I liked that episode. I liked it a lot, but they didn't do anything with it. All of a sudden, they're in the past, and that apparently doesn't matter anymore. Like, he's really not doing anything. Like, there's... he. <laughs> Reginald Hargreaves says, like, a bunch of stuff about how he's dampening his potential. But then he doesn't do anything new. The only thing new he does is at the end of the season, he gives Ben, like, physical well, form briefly. Him. He gives Ben physical form briefly at the end of season one. And then Ben possesses him, but then Ben also possesses Vanya. So that's a Ben thing, not a Klaus thing. This is just a brief gripe. Right at the beginning of the season, when Five shows up in the 60s, and there's the whole thing where the Soviets are invading the United States... That scene was so cool. So cool. And then nothing in the entire season was as cool as that scene. Here's the thing. I think they were like, we really want a cool epic battle, but it's just not in the budget. So they just spent all of the budget on that one shot. (laughs) And it was great. It was crazy. It was awesome. All of them doing their thing it was like, oh yes, yes I'm here for it, <laughs> and it just wasn't. <laughs> it set the expectations so high, but like, I feel like this this season had had a couple of fatal flaws for me though that made me go, I I don't know if I want to bother watching. But like, I still kept watching at the end of each episode. But like, in the middle of an episode, I'd be like, I I can't with this. And I I feel like the main thing was that I was constantly ahead of the plot. I was always I always knew where the plot was going to be in the next beat. Like they never surprised me. Like, um, is it Lila? Is is basically yeah. her power is copying other people's powers. Mm-hmm. But I called that in the episode where Five and her are in the warehouse and Five keeps teleporting and she's not there anymore. I was like, well, obviously, oh. obviously she's teleporting 
And it's because her power, she's one of them. Her power is to be a, she's a copycat. She's, you know, wow. You're smarter than I am. I didn't figure that out then. It just, it felt I mean, very reasonable to me that that would be where they were going because it just, it fits in with the universe, right? There were 43 virgins that gave birth on the same day. There's bound to be others out there. And it just makes yeah, sense like, that the commission I, would have one. I thought, yeah, I thought that she was one of them because the idea of the handler trying was like, ooh, I'll raise a child doesn't make sense unless there's an ulterior motive. No. So then I thought about it and then I was like, oh, she has to have some sort of power. I will say AJ caught me off guard. I kind of forgot about him from season one. Oh yeah. I forgot he existed and I was like, wait, there's just a fish in a bowl that talks. What the, what? <laughs> I also forgot about Allison's kid until she got back to the present. And then I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she mentioned her briefly a but couple it was like of times. Seven episodes. I, I do remember it. the first time she mentioned it, it was like seven episodes in. I was like, wait a second. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot that happened. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was a little bit, there were a few things that confused me. So like, um, why didn't the commission know about the new apocalypse? Right? Like they have the, the, um, infinite switchboard and there's people monitoring it all the time for changes. So how come they didn't see the change when everybody got pushed into 1963 and all of a sudden the apocalypse was changed? Because Herb is like, what do you mean? He, he, of course, he was he wasn't assassinated. Assassinated. Yeah, I don't understand that either. So, and that's why I was sitting here going, is is the commission outside of time? Because if they aren't outside of time, then how do they do that? How do they do the job that they have said they do? And if they are outside of time. Why did nobody know? Because that happened before she took over the commission. Yeah. I just, I was very confused. For, for our listeners, I just shrugged. Um, I realized immediately afterwards that no one could understand what had happened, but I shrugged. It was a sort of visual. Mm. <laughs> Okay, let me. From now on, when I shrug, I will always go mm, with it. <laughs> okay, okay. Here's my my thought. So when five is talking to five, mm-hmm. or talking to Luther about old five, he mentions that he could cease to exist if he doesn't go back to his past. Yes. Right, which is where I got the. The, the thing I was saying about if you go back to your past self, then you have to come back to your past self or you didn't go back to your past self, right? Yeah. But he he goes back with the knowledge about Vanya that Luther tells him, right? Mm-hmm. So then if he stopped the first apocalypse, they wouldn't need to go back to 1963. Well, I think the whole thing with the first season was no matter what they do or what they know, it's inevitable. It's going to happen. 
And I think that this season sort of retconned that, which is But they stopped the apocalypse. When they go back to the to the day after the apocalypse, the apocalypse doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, in this season. And that was kind of like just like the the commission was like, it won't have happened. And they're like, it won't have? And then it's like, okay, cool. That's so weird to me. I don't understand. But so, like, but, I, if, if, and it uh, seemed like the whole thing with the first season, because they were jumping around in time and things continued to be the same way, no matter what they knew. And that's like kind of the whole thing about it, where they were helpless, even though they had these powers. But I thought they the idea was, them. I thought the idea was that the commission was keeping things from happening in a different way. And that's why everything happened the same way, no matter what. I thought it was more that like the point of the season was that nobody can change their destiny, I guess. Yeah. That even though they're these like super powered beings that, the universe, like, it's more than them. Like, they, there are things that are out of their control no matter what, the, like, no matter who they are. Okay. Well, okay, that, but, so, at the end of the season, we find out that they did stop the apocalypse, right? Mm-hmm. So, if that happened, that means that they didn't go back to 1963, so why didn't them, why didn't they all disappear from 1963? I don't know. Or why didn't five transform into his older self since he gave his older self the, the formula? I don't know. And then when in season end of season one, he time travels them all back to 1963. Why don't all of his family members de-age? Um, at that point, had he figured out the formula that he gives to older five later? Yeah, he's supposed to have. He figures it out in that scene, but then says there's a, it's a long shot. So, But he figures it out, right? And he gives it to his older self. So either he lied to his older self, and that's why he doesn't go back into his older self's body, or... They should all be younger. They should all be younger. So I'm very confused. Maybe, <laughs> maybe he did figure it out, but he specifically didn't tell his older self just to be mean and simultaneously mess things up for him. I I don't know. I just I was sitting there at that scene going, okay, so he should now be the older version. But it felt like they just didn't want to switch actors, which I mean I wouldn't either. You would don't want to switch actors during the middle of like, you know, two seasons into a show. I did feel like it would have been a convenient way to get rid of Aiden Gallagher because I dislike him. He's not oh, a likable person. I love him so much. He's my favorite part of the whole show. Better than Klaus. Um, in season one, no. In season two, yes. Well, in season two, I think my favorite part would have been... Yeah, Diego. I like Diego a lot this season. Uh, to be honest, I didn't really like any of them in season two. (laughs) 
I thought five was the only one thinking logically about a lot of things, but then in a lot of ways, he was also just being a complete dick. How dumb was Allison to get married? That makes no sense. I don't think she had a choice. She didn't have a choice in getting married. Well, I mean, like <laughs> she was. Way. I mean, just like she's stuck in the '60s, right, in a place where she's completely out of place, and mm-hmm. in order to be, to feel like she has a normal life again in that world, she kind of had to find someone to provide for her, because that in that time it's a lot harder to find a job that paid well for women and especially women of color so i think it was kind of like a doing what you have to do to get by well not even because she's specifically choosing not to rumor she's like i don't do that anymore i mean but she she was she wasn't rumoring at the during season one either she was doing that she barely uses her powers for both seasons and it's so frustrating (laughs) And I realize that it's because she's so powerful, but like, <laughs> it's like, uh, she could just fix this, but she chooses not to. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I I feel like they didn't really go into enough, enough depth about her powers to make us go, Oh yeah, it's good. She doesn't use them. I feel like what they were trying to do was to tell us that they have unintended consequences where if you don't phrase things exactly right, you can cause things you didn't mean to happen. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, you know, I heard a rumor you stopped and then what stopped, you know, their heart stopped. They stopped. They stopped what? Stopped doing something, stopped living. I thought Mm -hmm. that was the idea was like, if you're not very specific and can go very wrong, but they just never show us that. So I, maybe not, I don't know. Yeah. And then there was the weird thing in this season where she was like, I forget exactly what she did, but she did something where her husband was like, Whoa, like that's not cool. She told a cop to stop beating him up. Well, no, she did that. But then later she was like showing him how she can use her powers Oh, it was the coffee the thing. coffee cup thing, yeah. And the guy was like, "Oh, you can't do that." And then I was like, "Okay, so is the thing that like, if she uses them, then she's gonna like misuse them because she can't control herself?" Or I think what they were trying to show, because like she's not paying attention, and then it she like snaps out of it. I think that they're trying to say that it corrupts her, which is weird. It's a weird side effect of something you're born with to just corrupt you. <laughs> yeah, and it's not with any of the others. It's not like, oh, five, he, once he starts teleporting, you, who knows? <laughs> I think going to talk to too many dead people. <laughs> I think the idea is that she is a very vengeful person just mm-hmm. in general in life. And so... F- she feels that she would abuse it and she if has she experience abusing all? it. I don't know. I, I, I feel like it's a flaw in the writing, but I also don't know why. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Also, I thought it could have been an interesting thing if she had rumored that guy into being her husband because she knew that she needed um, protection in that time. Yeah, that would have been a more interesting storyline. Very interesting dynamic to explore and the misuses of her powers and what that means for her character, but they didn't. And he asks, and I was like, oh, okay. She said no. She could have been lying, but she said no. I, yeah, I, I don't know. There were a lot of things where I was like, the season was good. I really liked it. I just felt like there were some things where it was like, I, there's things like that where it's like that whole plot line doesn't make much sense. Yeah. The plot line with the dude that they're staying in his, his um, electronic shop or whatever doesn't really go anywhere. Huh? I liked that guy though. I liked him too. I felt like that plot line didn't go anywhere though. Oh, the Swedes far less interesting than the commission agents from the first season. Oh, so much better. Weird thing about the commission agents. Okay. So like jumping to the, the last episode where they have that Mm -hmm. big battle in the, the field. Okay. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Really cheap, just cheap VFX throwing that out into a field. It looked fine, but like that is the cheapest way to make a crowd is Mm -hmm. just do a field and throw a bunch of animated people out there. (laughs) Like that's animated people that all wear the same uniform. I, yeah, I could totally do that in Blender. But the weird thing is, the weird thing about that shot is they all come into the field, and I was like, why are there people in animal masks? Because I completely forgot from season one about their like inflatable metal masks that they wear. Because we haven't seen one all season two. Not a single one. There's not one. There's no commissioned yeah. goons chasing them. So I just completely forgot. And then all of a sudden, so there's all like goons. A, just... well, we see a bunch of commissioned people, but not like chasing them. Like we see them in different contexts. And like Lila, Lila's not really commission. The Swedes. Oh, the Swedes. Well, I mean the Swedes, but like they're not wearing masks. Yeah, like they we don't, don't look the same as long. There's not people wearing masks like that so when we were in the field i was like what is going on why are they and it took me almost the entire fight to go oh right 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 i a trope that i don't like in um movies and shows and things like that is the menacing character that's chasing you that doesn't talk it seems lazy (laughs) (laughs) they're like what if this person is just scary and nothing else (laughs) the only time i like it is in uh raising arizona where the whole thing is that they're poking fun at it they're like oh it's the menacing it's the bad guy right yeah (laughs) i thought the swedes were okay they weren't terrible i did i felt like they were only the only thing that saved their storyline for me was that at the end the guy was like yeah that wasn't really i don't care about you and left them alone right but yeah i don't know they felt like there were there were a few things going on there the the fact that they drove around dressed as milkmen uh-huh it made me feel like they were just going for an aesthetic villain which is kind of what you were saying with like the villain that doesn't talk uh-huh it seemed like they were just going for 
this is what a specific type of villain looks like. Mm -hmm. But I didn't feel like they had any reason to be there. Like, I know that, like, she sent them out because some reason I never figured out why. What I don't know what her point was. What was what was her goal? The, what was the handler's the goal? Handler? Yeah. I never figured clear. that out. And she's dead now, so I guess we'll never know. <laughs> so then I'm uh, presumably like the fact that Harlan has superpowers back in 63 delays the date of the 43 virgin births? Um, That's how I read the ending. Like the Sparrow Academy with the seven children with Ben at the forefront. I read that as the, the fact that there was a superpowered individual in the past delaying the 43 virgin births in time. Also, how does it make sense that he has been now? That That's what I'm saying. No, I'm saying So he has been now. Wouldn't he have gotten the other ones too? Okay, so my my theory is that so we see seven children, right? Uh-huh. With different powers. My theory is that it could go two ways. The one being that the the existence of superpowered individuals in the past causes whoever whoever started because I'm assuming that someone created the 43 virgin births in season one. It was someone, sort of implied that it was Reginald with like a yeah, weird alien thing. Exactly. That's I, that's kind of what I was thinking. So my thought is that that the fact that there are already superpowered individuals delays that process. And so the Mm -hmm. seven Hargreaves children are born at a different time. So they're younger now and he collects them in a different order and they have different superpowers because presumably Reginald has had enough time. If he is the person who, you know, started that whole thing then he has had time to look at different powers and abilities and pick out which ones he likes I don't know I didn't like that ending the other thing that it could be is that just like in season one ends with them all de-aging as they travel back in time this was just a cool little thing that they thought they would do that's like (laughs) remember the seven children that were little here they are (laughs) which doesn't seem right but also seems like something that would happen given season one's ending it's it's sort of just a bad choice and leaning into something that comic books do a lot where it's um we have this one team of the good guys so we need to have the opposite but evil but it doesn't seem like they're evil it kind of did. It seemed like they were hardened. I don't know. The thing is that it doesn't make sense for them to be evil, but it seemed like, oh, these two 
teams are going to fight, right? It doesn't make sense because they're raised by the same person under the same circumstances. They should probably turn out somewhat similar to the original Umbrella Academy. It makes sense. Except for that Reginald now knows how his children turned out, right? Yeah. And also he didn't have Grace. Because Grace leaves him. We made a robot Grace either way. We don't see a robot Grace. Well, I'm saying like (laughs) in the first season, it's not the real Grace. It's not like... Yes, but we assume that their relationship went farther than it did in this timeline. Well, we don't... Okay. You can't assume that he didn't have Grace, though. He could have still made a robot Grace. Does he have Pogo? He should still have Pogo. Okay, but like in this season they showed that like Grace was really attached to Pogo. And that Pogo Which, was really attached wait, are to you Grace. Saying that she broke up with him and then she took Pogo? Because Pogo wasn't hers. It just feels like it feels like the idea is that they were raised differently because he didn't have Grace or Pogo. But, I mean, he probably does. I don't know. I just, it's very... uh, The the whole, the scene with him talking to Five at the bar is a really good scene, but also inevitably makes me go, what was the point of this scene? Well, it pointed out a flaw to me where he was saying, (laughs) oh, think smaller. And I was like, why didn't five think of that before now? Yeah, that's, that's something I, I wrote down too. <laughs> how is how is five? What fifty seven? Yeah, something like that. And he's not like, <clears throat> what if I go back and I knew what just happened right now? <laughs> how well? How has he never been like doing something for the commission and had something go wrong and then been like, but what if I just tried to rewind like? Six seconds. Yeah. It seems like that's the chief use of his ability. And then, like, it feels cheesy to me that, like, when he jumps time, he basically creates a portal and they all jump through it. But when he rewinds time, he, like, literally rewinds time. And so the the question there is, like, why on earth did that not that seems more logical than like trying to build a a portal like that seems that's more akin to like the flash running back in time right he's running through time as it exists so why has he never tried to like walk through time does that not make more sense i don't know in in season one doesn't five time travel three times before he gets to the apocalypse? Yes. Yeah. So like doing like little jumps, he's done it before. I don't know. (laughs) Also, if he's, if he needs to get his whole family back to 1963 and he got them or back to 2019 and he got them to 1963 all by himself. Why does he need a briefcase from the commission? 
Um, I read that sort of as like a, he's not very good at it, and it ended up with them all scattered throughout years. So then he needs something that's more consistent. Okay, but he time traveled his past self back to 2019 before the apocalypse. Mm -hmm. So couldn't he have opened a portal and them all have gone through one at a time like that instead of trying to do the thing from the end of season one that where they were trying to get them all at once? Well, it seemed it seemed like it was just time traveling with other people in general, right? I don't know that it's the quantity of people. I think it's that it, that it's with other people. So can you not do them one at a time? I'm still confused. Yeah, I'm saying it's with another person. So it'd be... Even if he's doing it one at a time, it's still another person. Right? <laughs> <sighs> but, like, he opens the portal to 2019 and they kick past five through the portal right i don't want to go back to this scene this scene makes (laughs) it's the the crux of the problem i have with their time travel (laughs) Uh, okay i just i don't know it doesn't make sense to me so if i feel weird criticizing this show too because they probably did a much better job than i could have ever done but like i mean they did a really good job i i feel like anything i criticize is something that was written much better than i could have written it for the most part like if something's on netflix they're definitely a better writer than i am because i've never written anything for netflix i wouldn't go that far there's some bad stuff on there, John. Okay, that's fair. But like, <laughs> I just mean like in general. Yeah. When criticizing a piece of work, whether it be film or music or whatever, it's usually you're criticizing someone who's done a better job than you could have for missing things that that you see post the story right mm-hmm. so they've written out the the plot and then they make the details and it's hard to go and change the plot to make the details match mm-hmm. I would love to someday write something even close to as good as the Umbrella Academy for sure what did you think of uh, Lila as a character I liked her before she was evil. Like Is she, she was always evil? evil, but like, hmm. I I had the opposite opinion. I said, was she ever evil? Like, I never read her as evil. I read her as like used and manipulated, but not like evil ever. I mean, I just mean like when when we didn't know she was deceiving Diego. Uh huh. I liked Did her a lot. Did we ever not know that? <laughs> well, I mean, we always knew she was using him. But, like, when they were escaping from the psych ward, we didn't know to what extent, I guess. Yeah, but it was kind of like... 
okay, this person is lying to him very clearly. It it made me feel more like, um, did you ever see Legion, the FX show about um, X-Men? It's in my Hulu list, but I've not seen it. Okay. I didn't see season one and I heard it wasn't as good, but see, or sorry, season two, season one is fantastic. One of my favorite superhero shows that I've ever seen. It is a trip. And the way that they were doing like the psych ward stuff reminded me a little bit of that where I was like, this is kind of cool. It reminded me of, um, I think the character's name is Lemmy. I think the character's name is Lemmy. Um, okay. Aubrey Plaza's character in Legion, which is really cool. And I, I can't say much more because I don't want to spoil Legion for you because I think you should watch it. Cause it's awesome. Okay. But then they, they just didn't go that route. So. Well, I don't know what that means, but maybe one of our listeners do. Probably not. I feel like almost nobody watched Legion. I've only heard good things about it. Like everyone that I've heard talk about it likes it. Season one was fantastic. Uh, Aubrey Plaza plays Lenny. Yeah. Lenny. Okay. I wasn't sure if it was Lenny or Lemmy or anyway. Um, let's see what else. Um, Vanya's love interest. Very predictable. Yeah. Not very well fleshed out. Just kind of a stereotype of what that would be. Yeah, it felt very much just like, okay, but like, what if the 1960s had a lesbian couple? And then they were like, and this is how it would go. Because this is the stereotype. (laughs) And they'll Um, they'll move to the country and start a cottage. um, Great. Cool. Let's see. Her husband? I oh, found... oh, oh, I have so many things to say. Could continue, but I have so many things to say about her husband. <laughs> I found him to be a scene stealer. I thought he was really well played. <laughs> okay, so I was going to say, they present him to be like this evil, evil villain man, right? But until um, like near the end of the season, he's not even done anything horrifically horrible he's just a little bit annoying he's just he's like a coen brothers character yeah, he's a little <laughs> bit annoying and he like went and got drunk at a strip club right which is like the the fatal flaw that we give all men in we've all been there it's the fatal flaw that we give <laughs> we give all like male characters that we want their wife to turn on them right uh-huh. and it was just like it was kind of played up and i was like okay they were acting as if he was evil from the very beginning. And I was like, he's not evil. He's just kind of like, he's a a man of his time. Right. And he's trying to do the best for his family. And then it it felt like a weird switch when all of a sudden at the end, he was like, and I'm going to kill the cow that starts the disease. And it was like, okay, what? But then you also have to be like, okay, but like, also you are like, you're cheating on, she's, his wife is cheating on him with you. Like, Um, yeah, like come on here. It doesn't, the lengths to which he goes don't make sense. But from like a base perspective, you're like, I'd be upset too. In (laughs) this, in this circumstance, he's the one who's been wronged, but like, it's not like he's, it's, they never like made him out to be abusive. 
Yeah. There did... was things that he did where they played it up like he was, but then I was like, that was relatively innocuous under these circumstances. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be like, oh, he wasn't bad. Like he had flaws, but like also he was a person of the time and then they were like, and he's evil. And I was like, wait, how? <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> it, <laughs> it seemed to like vilify people who were from that time for being from that time and behaving in a way that people were expected to behave at that time. Like surely the things aren't good, but it's not him. <laughs> it's a greater problem. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Very weird to me, the way they framed framed him from the very beginning. But the actor did a good job. Like that actor. Yeah, he was really good. <laughs> My favorite scene with him, though, was the first one, where he's at the breakfast table going on about, like, <laughs> his sales stuff. <laughs> like this guy's good i like this guy that that scene reminded me of my dad because my dad sells windows and doors and he will at family gatherings just go on and on about the people he's sold windows to and it's like this is not interesting please stop it reminded me of um what's his name uh Uncle, what's his yeah, name? I from, knew you were going to say that from Dairy from Girls. Dairy Girls. Yes. <laughs> I, oh, hang on. This is going to bug me that I forgot uh, his name. Is it Jacqueline? No, uh, something like that. Um, talk while I look it up. Uncle Colm? Oh, Callum. Callum. Yeah. Uh, and I love that character so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, but also, like I said earlier, a Coen Brothers character. Because they're so good at writing humorously boring people. Yeah. He definitely, <laughs> he does feel a lot like a Coen Brothers character. He doesn't really fit the rest of the, the writing, honestly. He's kind of a, a standout in that way. He, he kind of fit the writing for, I forget her name, but the girl from the first season who worked at the coffee shop, um, what's her what's her name? The girl at the coffee shop? You mean um, the one that um, the commission the guy goes gets with? Yeah, yeah. Um, she was. I can't remember either of their names at the moment. Um, well, it was Coco. Um, Uh no, it was Hazel. Oh yeah, I always mix and up Agnes. Coco and Hazel's names. Oh Agnes, okay. I knew it was an old lady name, as she is an old lady, but um, she seemed like she would fit in the same uh world as the husband, whose name I can't remember either. I'm not very good with the names in this. I know what happened. It was Carl. Carl. I don't remember the bad guy boyfriend from the first season's name either. Although I did like him a lot. He was good. Peabody, right? Peabody? Wasn't his last name Peabody? Oh, that was his last name. Uh, I was going to say as a first name, I'd remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Imagine dating someone named Peabody. 
Um, what was his uh, first name? I don't know. Yeah. This episode will just be me looking up various characters' names. <laughs> Leonard. Leonard yeah. Peabody. I just... I don't know. I did really like the scene where they were going over th- where Klaus was just talking and he was like, Hey, at least it's better than a uh, serial killer boyfriend. And she was like, serial killer boyfriend. <laughs> uh, it did feel like they included that dance scene though, just because the dance scene in season one was so good. And it's like, this dance scene does not need to be here. It, yeah, it seemed kind of like in um, X-Men Apocalypse when they do the Quicksilver scene because everyone loved the Quicksilver scene and Days of Future Past. That Quicksilver scene is terrible. It looks awful. In Days of Future Past or in uh, Apocalypse? In Apocalypse. Okay. The, the one where he's getting everyone out of the exploding house. Yeah. Looks awful. Yeah, the the first one was objectively better. <laughs> the first one was a really cool scene because it's like that's how you want super speed to be portrayed. Like that's how you want to see it. And they framed nobody, it really well. Nobody does that. Nobody. And that scene was set up really well. It had great props. It was fantastically just choreographed and 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 the done. actor has great charisma to sell it as well. And the VFX are great, right? But in Apocalypse, mm-hmm. it was like, and we stuck him on a green screen with an explosion <laughs> in the background. Isn't it cool to see a person <laughs> acting in front of a, a still picture? Don't you love it? Basically encapsulates, encapsulates that entire movie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I haven't seen the rest of the movie. I've just seen that shot because... I heard there was another Quicksilver shot and I was like, oh, that's got to be great. And then I watched it and I was like, that's absolute trash. Oh, it's them ripping off themselves, but worse. (laughs) (laughs) It's like when a a band has done like one really great song and you can tell that they're going to try and make the same song, but different. And they're like, oh, it's just not as good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, There were... Mm. I, for some reason, that made me think of the times where The Flash actually did good stuff. Because the Flash TV series has had a few episodes where the VFX were really good and they showed like super speed in a really good way, but like very few and far between. Tut tut. Once again, that first that first scene, beginning of the season, great VFX shot. Loved it. Everything was just oh yeah yeah yeah. The chaos Stand raining on the down. Roof with his tentacles as a ghost. That was so cool. I and like Vanya stopping that huge tank shell. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. It really was fantastic. <laughs> Allison actually using her powers, <laughs> right? <laughs> and, and and Klaus was actually doing stuff because he had like he was raising the dead soldiers. Yeah, Klaus was in his, like, cool cult uh, trappings, raising an army of the dead, which was, like, (laughs) 
cool. I feel like I feel like that could be just that shot on it on its own could be like a selling point for them to get more money where they were like, look what we can do if we have the budget. But I don't know how much they actually had, so I can't say that they were under budget either. But like usually TV shows aren't given that much. It's got to be the most popular show on Netflix right now. I think it's one up Stranger Things at this point. Well, it's because Stranger Things hasn't released something in a year. I mean, even so, I think it has a more engaged audience than Stranger Things because Stranger Things is kind of Stranger Things is slow and meandering. Yeah, it's it doesn't have a it doesn't have a point past the season, right? It undoes its own emotional stakes as well. I think a lot of shows do that, but I feel like the Umbrella Academy doesn't really give you a place to stand emotionally. It doesn't tell you where you should be feeling. And so it can't, it can't undercut itself because it, it, it never told you what it was. And yeah, I think the best part about umbrella Academy is it's just fun, like popcorn TV. You sit down and you're like, I'm here for a fun time, a bit of a spectacle and you get that. And I think, yeah, yeah, I tried to I tried to once I finished Umbrella Academy, I tried the next day to sit down and and catch up on Doom Patrol and after sitting and watching like 6 episodes in a row of Umbrella Academy, it was really hard to not feel like Doom Patrol was dragging its feet. Which and that's like the most similar show I can imagine currently. Um I would say The Boys is somewhat similar in that it explores superheroes but from a way where it's more about like the implications of what it means to be a superhero which is more what the first season did rather than the second season but right okay i yeah i don't know i'm in the middle of of trying to figure out what i'm watching next because i i need to finish doom patrol season two but at the moment i'm not interested because i know where it's going and i just don't care that much and in my continued uh series on this show of shaming you for not liking the boys enough i brought it up so here we are oh yeah here we are here we are i watched the first episode i watched the first episode (laughs) it just gets better john it gets better as it goes it just i mean i'm planning i'm planning on watching the rest of it it seemed pretty good i just I haven't been watching much of anything. And then when I do get around to picking something, oftentimes I get part of the way through and go, I'm so bored. You hang on. <laughs> you just said that you liked it. That, that was not the impression that I'd received. That I liked what? The boys. I didn't hate it. I'm planning on watching the rest <laughs> of the season. <laughs> See, you'd gone from, I liked it too. I didn't hate it, which is a noticeable difference. I don't know. To me, there's 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 shows that I love, and then there's shows that exist, and then there's really really bad shows. Okay. It is a show that exists, and I will probably watch the rest of it at some point. Right. There's there's one scene that happens in it that I've been tempted to just show you, so that you want to get to that point in the season. Because it's such a good scene. 
But then that's going to be like, that's going to be like the wasting the good part, just like Umbrella Academy did with the, the tanks. and Exactly. I want you to reach it naturally. But I, I also feel a little compelled to just like, here, this is amazing. You, you want to see more of this? <laughs> like, a, like a drug dealer. I want to give you a little bit so you get hooked and you come back to me for more. <laughs> I don't know. It takes me a long time to to get into shows most of the time. Like Umbrella Academy was one of those ones where it was like somehow it hooked me and I just was able to watch through it. And I, as soon as it came out, I watched through it again, you know, the second season. Mm-hmm. Most shows I have a hard time getting into. Like the only other show that has hooked me that well was Orphan Black. And I watched like, you know, four seasons in a row, just nonstop in like a year. Um, I'd say the other ones for me would be like, obviously the boys, um, over the garden walls in a different category because it's one, if you watch all of it, it's the length of a movie. Right. Um, and, um, oh, dairy girls. Duh. Oh yeah. Well, season one of dairy girls did that for me. Season two of dairy girls. I still haven't finished. So, Yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. I think I have a problem of a show that I really, really like. I have unrealistic goals for the second season because the first season wowed me so much that then the second season, I'm like, it's going to be amazing. And I'm just really excited for it. So then it can never live up to what I have in mind. Yeah, that's fair. I would say there's a couple of shows where when I started watching them, the second season or the third season was already out. And so the second season didn't disappoint me because I was able to just watch through it and get to the third season where they usually end up coming back just as strong because you know what to expect. I think that's ideal. Like coming for me, coming to a show once there's seasons of it is really nice because it, you don't differentiate. Right. You don't say, Oh, well this one's not as good as that one you're watching it all at once and you don't well i also think it's it's that when a show hooks me like dairy girls season one was like i just watched all of it in a row i was i was in a place personally where it just it meshed with what i wanted to see and like how i felt at the time and i was in like a mental place where it was the perfect thing but then when season two came out it wasn't the thing that i wanted or needed from entertainment mm-hmm. at the moment. So it just ended up dropping off cause it wasn't what I cared to watch at the moment. Mm-hmm. Whereas when you start a show and you really like it and there's already a bunch of seasons, you just watch the entire show at that same point in your life where you're really into it, where it's the thing you like, right? You don't have time to change as a person or to fluctuate in taste. Yeah, another thing, yeah, with uh, another one that hooked me was Barry, where there were the first two seasons, I watched it all at once. And for me, it was just perfect all the way through. Loved it. And I don't know, like, because I'll have time to anticipate the third season and there'll be some space in between having watched those first two. I don't know if it'll be the same. I hope it is, because it's a great show. But yeah. And I mean, that's like, because like, um, 
for example, I did watch all of Orphan Black from season one to season four in like a couple of months. And then it took a couple of years for them to put season five, the final season, on Prime. And when they did, Mm -hmm. I tried to watch it and I couldn't get through the first episode of the season. I never finished the first episode of season five because it was so boring. And it's just like the between the time that I finished watching season four and I got around to watching season five, my taste in shows had changed enough that I just can't get back into it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We should leave just a long period of silence so that the people listening will wonder, are my headphones broken? Did I did it pause? Is it over? What has to go on longer than they'd expect it to? That they start even second guessing themselves. Like, is this the joke that they thought it was? <laughs> I I don't know how long that is though. Oh, I have a to count the timer here. We'll we'll do it again. Like five minutes maybe. Um. <laughs> <laughs> five whole minutes. Yeah. Like one of those songs where it has a silent uh, bit in the middle of it. Where you're like, is the song over? And you look at it and you're like, oh no, it's still playing. There's just a long period of silence in the middle of this song. That's a very specific thing. And I don't know if you have any songs like I that. I do. There's your- a lot of songs like that in my life. And I hated them all for it. I like it in one song. Because it's a... Um, a um, what? What's the word? A concept album where it's about a person who's losing his memory and he's dying. And then it's in the song where he does die. So then once he dies, it's silent for like two whole minutes. And then it goes into like this jubilation of him reaching the other side. Um, and it works really well. So I like it in that song. But other than that, I don't. About <laughs> the lights just went out on my keyboard. What? Now it's saying, hang on, we're going to leave this in the podcast just to be clear. But as I'm recording this, you know how like there are the under lights that um, yeah, come the up back on, like, light on your keyboard. And now I'm pressing the button to bring the lights up and it's giving me a little circle with a line through it. Interesting, interesting. And we know that this is the, the content that our podcast listeners want. Get them, give them those dopamine hits because they're insiders. They know. They know everything. <laughs> they know about my tax fraud. They know my social security number. <laughs> indeed, indeed. So many things. Do you have anything else on Umbrella Academy? before we uh, get too far away or end it or anything? Uh, This is so ranty. I think we've covered everything. It's very long, but like 
it it really doesn't have much to say. I think we've yeah. covered most of it. I will say that I think. Oh, go ahead. That space was far more. Um, it was utilized better in the first season. There were lots of plot lines going on, but you cared about all of them. I think. Um, in this one, it seemed like they had episodes to fill, and yeah. they were manufacturing plot lines to fill those episodes. Yeah, I felt like all of the plot lines were more cohesively related in season one. And I, I really did like um, Hazel and Coco and that whole aspect of the commission in season one. And I felt like in season two, they really didn't use that at all to the point where I constantly forget that the Swedes even existed. Yeah. Well, I think that's because they weren't characters. <laughs> when they first showed up, I was like, is it Milkman Man? And then I was like, wait, that's a DC character. So. Um, hang on. Can we acknowledge the fact that they gave a whole funeral scene to a character who hadn't <laughs> spoken? And they played Swedish Hello by Adele. Oh, 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 I hated that. They did two <laughs> terrible covers after another. They did a bad guy cover. The bad guy one wasn't as bad. It was it was the thing that made me go, seriously, <laughs> seriously. And then immediately after the very next song they played was a Swedish hello cover. And I was like, what <laughs> on earth? It, it took me a minute. I was like, this sounds weirdly similar. To as hello soon as it, as soon as it came on, I was like, they're playing hello, but it's going to be a shitty cover. What shitty cover do we get this time? And then they started singing and I was like, Oh my gosh. Which is weird because the covers that Gerard way did for the first season. So good. All they're of like them. Great songs. All of the covers in the first season are fantastic. Um, <laughs> but no, it started playing and I was like, this, oh, this has like a similar chord progression to Hello by Adele. And then I was like, what? I was, <laughs> I was paying attention to what was happening on screen. And I was like, what are they saying? I was like, what are those words? And I was like, wait, this is in English. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it drove me crazy because I did know, like you had tweeted about there being a, a B-movie reference. And I was like waiting for it, looking for it. And it, that comes in the episode after this episode, right? Mm -hmm. So this this episode happens, and it's got those two covers back to back. And I was furious. I was like, "These are horrible! Why did they do this?" And then the B movie reference was in the very next episode, and I was like, "No, it's perfect. Leave it. It's the most beautiful <laughs> thing I've ever heard." I was just I was so happy about the way it was said. It was perfect. It's so <laughs> do you it's like seen. jazz vibe? <laughs> there was no reason why I thought it was great uh. <laughs> and in this timeline it raises the question does B-movie exist has the handler seen it is she referencing <laughs> it on purpose commission got rid of b-movie and she was just making a <laughs> private reference to herself
like, I won't know about this. <laughs> but Jerry Seinfeld did this awful movie. <laughs> that one time when we released Jerry Seinfeld into the children's movie market. Oh. <laughs> We actually had Coco and Hazel assassinate Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> uh, I was gonna gonna say, um, for as many like time travel issues I have, there's only one show I think really does time travel well, um, and it's it's dark. So if you're interested in time travel and want to see what I think is probably the best time travel show, uh, Dark is the one to do. And if you're interested in seeing what I think is the best time travel show, it's Legends of Tomorrow, obviously. Actually, Legends of Tomorrow is a really good show, and they get time travel right 80% of the time. That was a joke on my part. I know (laughs) it was a joke on your part. But I'm I'm saying it is a good show. I like Legends of Tomorrow. It's a fun romp. They went to hell, and that was cool. But that's because they were bad. They went there because they're bad. The the show gods were like, uh uh-uh. uh. No, they went there because John Constantine dragged them to hell. All right, this is. Anyway, no, you should definitely see Dark. Um, the end is the beginning, uh, which is also the end. So um, take that as you will. And I was going to say, like another movie, but then I realized people might not have seen that movie. I don't want to spoil that. <laughs> 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 well, tell me, because I don't know what you're referencing. I don't know if you've seen this movie. <laughs> I can't say now. I probably have. You're frozen. <laughs> Whoa, you frozen. Now you're back. Oh, you're back. Yeah, you did too. You All said right. you're frozen and then you froze. <laughs> you should tell me about <laughs> um, movie. Well, no, I'm going to check your letterbox and see if you've seen it. I don't well, think you have. Well, but if I haven't seen it, then I'm never going to know unless you tell me what it is so that I can see it. No, you haven't seen this movie. Is it Looper? Nope. I'm what? not going to tell you. How am I supposed to see it if I don't even know what it is? You'll see it eventually, You just got to watch all the movies. Is it on my watch list? <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. You can't know. If it's not on my watch list, how am I going to see the movie? <laughs> Maybe once you've forgotten this conversation, I'll be like, hey, you should watch this movie. I'll do that for you, John. Please. You'll please. never know what it is. I recommend lots of movies to you. It's true. Please do that. <laughs> okay. No, no. I'll tell Daniel what it is if he listens to this, even though he doesn't watch Umbrella Academy, so why would he? <laughs> anyway, yeah. He's seen it. Cool. <laughs> cool, cool. Cool stuff. That's a weird way to end. <laughs> yeah. All right. And that's where you'll cut it off when I said this is a weird way to end. <laughs> and then I'll just hard cut. Over. Okay. Yeah, sure. Promise.